The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. I'm your host, Peter Tong. First of all, I really want to thank all of the listeners who listen to this show both live and archived. I had a significant jump in April to over 40,000 listeners, and I really appreciate the support you're bringing to this particular show. And with the incredible talent and information that's come forward in the month of May, I'm expecting even bigger numbers for this particular month. And to bring, to bring all this together, I, um, I'm actually going to be holding my own free teleclass uh, course on May 26th from 5.30 to 7.00. West Coast time, and you're very welcome to come and join us as I piece together the puzzles that are all being brought through the shows and my own work and research and sessions with people to help you on your own awakening process. So if you go to my website, petertongue.com, and click on the events page, you'll see the information and where you can go to sign up for this free teleclass. My guest today had his own rude awakening a few years ago, and I'm so Delighted to welcome Danian Brinkley to the show. Danian, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure to be with you, and congratulations on your uh, listenership expansion. Well, thank you very much indeed. Now, I, I'm sure our listeners uh, would, would love to hear about your story, particularly your first near-death experience. Let's begin there. Well, I'm, um, this was 1975. It was a Wednesday afternoon in South Carolina. I had never heard of the near-death experience. Dr. Raymond Moody had not written his fabled legendary book, Life After Life. He's the person who coined the phrase NDE, or near-death experience. I'd never heard of it. I'd lost a lot of faith in, in spirituality from being growing up around fundamentalist Christians. And uh, so I never did believe a lot of that stuff to begin with. So where else do you go? I mean, South Carolina is not a place in 1975 to find a lot of spiritual awareness. And so I was just talking on the telephone to a friend, and lightning struck the phone line. It came down the phone line. It hit me in the side of the head just above my ear. It went down my spine. It welded the nails of the heels of my shoes to the floor. It threw me in the air. It suspended me in the air and slammed me back down on the bed. Dead for 28 minutes completely paralyzed for six days, partially paralyzed for seven months. It took me two years to learn to walk and feed myself. But in the course of this, Peter, I had what is now the classic near-death experience. And so far, 
according to Raymond and Paul Perry, it was probably the most extensive. And and I think it's because I'm obsessive compulsive and I have a good memory, especially when you're dead. And I discovered that almost everything everybody's ever believed about death never happens. Everything that we were told, you know, Jesus had to come and save us and you were going to either go to heaven or hell or, you know, these are the two points that people deal with and are they living the good life and is the great book of judgment and is St. Peter there, all that stuff that you're told, none of that ever happens. The first thing you do is you lift out of your body and you have a spiritual consciousness and you have a sense of safety. You know this place better than you know any place you've ever been. It's like home. It's like standing, like been on a long trip and standing on your front porch, getting ready to open the door to walk back into the house, into your own home. And you have this sense of awareness. I always call this the blue-gray place. And then you, I was in the ambulance. I mean, I was floating above myself. I was watching what was going on. But the thing that was most important to me, I don't like the term shocking, Peter, but the thing that was most important to me was the fact that I was one step removed. I saw myself lying on the bed, but I had absolutely no interest. I was more interested in the energetic, in the movement, the colors, the hues, the beautiful, brilliant uh, energy fields that exist all around us, but in the physical form we don't see. Everything had consciousness. I mean, the plants were paying attention. My, there were plants in the room, and I could tell that the plants were paying attention to what was happening to me. It was an empathetic point of view. I think one of the big issues for me now is whenever I see a garden or ever I see flowers blooming, I stop, and I admire it, and I, and I pay attention to it, and I look at it because I know it's looking back. And it's always amazed me how we have become so destructive to our planet. But I grew up basically as a jerk. I'm a big old hulking guy, and I was fast with my fist, and I grew up like this. And I realized that there is no way that this serves anything, and this is why. I come down a tunnel. And I come to this place of the most bright, brilliant, beautiful light. And the the thing that amazed me about that was that the ball of fire that moved through the room burnt my eyes really bad. And I wore welder's glasses for almost two years. I couldn't watch television or go outside in the bright sun without them on. And when you enter this light on on the other side in that that particular dimension... It's bright and brilliant and shimmery, but it has no effect on what is your vision. And in this place, I was met by this being, this this brilliant, beautiful being that was a sense of safety. It was that I sensed everything was okay. You know, and people say, well, Daniel, what was that being like? Well, it was luminous and bright and brilliant. But the feeling I got was, you know, if you get caught by your dad, for doing something bad, you're going to take a really good spanking. At least that's what it was in my day. <laughs> yeah, right. Probably if you get caught by your granddad, you just got to listen to it for 15 or 20 minutes. And when it's over, you could probably still get 50 cents off of it. <laughs> well, when you meet this being of light, this being of light is going to be like getting caught by your granddad. You know, it's no big deal. It's a place of safety and of comfort. And everybody has a lot of names for this being. Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Allah, Krishna. Uh, 
uh, all these names. But, you know, I write about it in, in Saved and Secrets. That being is really you. And people all of a sudden stop and they say, how could that possibly be? And in Secrets, one of the, our last book, I write about how exactly it can be. And you never realize in this physical life that you've never left heaven. And it always startles people when I say that, but simply this. If you take an atom, which is the basic structure of physical matter, and you look at it under an electron microscope, it's 94.6% empty space. And physical matter is never more than 5%. So no matter what, the world that you see is never more than 5% real. And then the 94.6%, what they now call empty space, now they have a new term for it. They call it dark matter. And they built the CERN, the collider, in Switzerland because they want to create the Big Bang because they have detected this dark matter, which is, they say, the universe hangs in. So now all of a sudden, 94.6% of you has never left the universal connectiveness. And we get focused in the physical world because you can hurt it. You can pinch it or hurt it or damage it. But you've never left heaven, and you never will. There is no way you can separate from the divine. There's no place you can go. So this is like a, an adventure in growth. And now how I come to that conclusion, Peter, is this. After I met this being and felt that sense of safety, I saw my entire life pass before me in a panoramic life review, a hologram. I never missed a single thing. And what people don't understand, if you think you're a know-it-all now, wait till you're dead. You will truly know what a know-it-all is because when you watch your life review, you will know how many hairs was in the nose of the doctor who pulled you from your mother. You will know every label, everything there is. You have missed nothing in your entire life. Then you'll watch it from a second-person point of view to see the choices that you've made and then to see if you made the right choice equal to the options because it gives you a clear perspective on who you identified yourself as. And then third, you literally become every person that's ever that you ever encounter and you feel the direct results of your interaction between you and that person. I think that this was the most amazing point for me because I realized that all those people I had beat up, I was only beating up myself. And you all of a sudden realized that I was tired of hitting myself in the face. And when you know that you're going to be every person you ever encounter, number one, you realize this, no one ever gets away with anything. Number two, it's a fair and just universe. Number three, you are responsible. You are. And then there comes this system of judgment. And we've always heard in religion, it's the great book of judgment or St. Peter's going to judge you. Well, who judges you is you. And nobody knows more about you than you do. And the methodology and the judgment is this, and this is a Danian term. But if God couldn't come today, or if divinity could not come today as you would define it, and it sent you... In the life you just reviewed, what difference did divinity make? God couldn't come today. God sent you. In the life you just reviewed, what difference did God make? That was the turning point in my life that changed it all. 
because all of a sudden I became responsible for my life. I became responsible, and it was my part to be a part of the divine, to help fulfill and bring divinity into this world, caring and kindness and and support and integrity compared to the person I was before. So it wasn't fear of death or it wasn't all that other stuff that you deal with that changed me. It was this. And the fact that I've been through this same experience two more times, 14 years later, because of damage done by lightning, I had to have open-heart surgery, and I had a second near-death experience. And then seven years after that, based on damage done by the lightning and the open-heart surgery, I had to have brain surgery. So in 22 years, I've been through three of these experiences. And then you always ask, well, what did you do with your life? I became a hospice volunteer. What you learn is, what is your spiritual mission? You teach best what you most need to learn. What I needed was patience, because I didn't have any. And I was an asshole. So if you combine those two things, excuse my French, everybody, but if you combine those two things into a place, what you have is a really brutal, self-serving, egomaniacal fool. And that's who I was. I've now been a hospice volunteer for 33 years, and I just... I just went four hours over 26,000 hours. I have 26,000 hours at the bedside. Daniel, we're actually coming up to our first break, so we'll take the break, and on our return, we'll continue with this absolutely fascinating story. Thank you so much. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. 
It's pretty scary, but I don't let it rattle me. It's pretty me. scary, Ryan, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to I'm get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This'll all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime and your family serves a sentence with you. Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, and I'm your host, Peter Tung. And I have with me today Danny and Brinkley. And we're talking about Danian's near-death experiences. And Danny and I, I have a couple of questions following that first uh, p- period on the show. What brought you back after that, during that first experience? They sent me back. After I had the panoramic life review, Peter, I went to a place, this being of light, which was really me, stayed with me until I went to this crystal city. We don't all come from the same place over there. We come from different aspects, you know, like in the angelic orders. They say there's a hundred and there's a hundred and seventy-eight thousand different orders of hundred and seventy-eight different orders of angels, from cherubs to sparians. And so you, we don't all come from the same place, and we each have our crystal city. In my father's house, there are many mansions. We each have a place that we come from, and I went there, and I became aware of all knowledge. It was I met these 13 beings, these beautiful, radiant beings. A lot of people would call them angels, but I didn't see any wings. You know, I didn't see anything like that. But these beings represented honesty and integrity, and they gave me these. At the time that they gave them to me, I didn't know it was the future. I'd never had a near-death experience, so I didn't have a, 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 a line of consciousness to follow at that time. And then once I had seen these visions, they said, you have to go back. They didn't tell me why. And if anybody would have told me I would have had to go back, they would have never found me. And then all of a sudden, after this, I I moved, I, I flashed, and I was floating above in a hallway. And I could see it was a hospital. And I knew I was looking for my body, but I was not consciously thinking about looking for my body. Because the last time I saw it, it was a little stiff. And I was trying to figure out if I was supposed to find this body, number one, how do you get back into one? Number two, how do you make it work? Because I was paralyzed, remember? I was paralyzed. And so all of a sudden I saw a foot inside a doorway and what had happened when i came into the hospital 
patient unconscious, patient not breathing, no EKG. So there was a busy night. They, I guess they worked on me. I, I've kind of followed that up in this three or four different stories because I wasn't there for any of that. And then I saw this body. But what happened when I saw the sheet covered, I was covered with a sheet and had some paperwork on my feet. And all of a sudden I began to feel everybody's sense of loss. It was people's sense of loss, and they were grieving. And I began to associate it. And then the friend, Tommy, who was the guy who was on the other end of the phone who had come over and who had tried to do resuscitation on me, he was coming down the hall. And I could feel his loss, and since he had been a corpsman in the Navy, he knew the deal. He knew the lingo to get back into this room. And all of a sudden, I'm back in my body. I opened my eyes. I can't see but I could feel the sheet. I can't move. I can't speak. My tongue was swollen in my mouth. So I started to blow on the sheet, and Tommy said, the sheet's moving. They pulled me back into uh, into the emergency room, and they resuscitated me. And they started to work on me and stabilize me, but no one ever asked me. They just sent me back. So, you know, we always have a mission. We have a talent and a task. My talent, my task was to get over being me, and my talent was to just move forward and to, to create programs and things that I think can help people n reduce the fear of death. We, Peter, have to change the concept of what death is defined as in the world, but especially in the Western consciousness. One of the greatest crises... When, when you were working in hospice and you were talking with and helping people who are in a state of fear around dying. What do you say? Well, you listen. Hospice and being at the end of life is not always talking about a near-death experience. I might, one out of 20 people I talk to, talk about that. There are four things that's going to happen in the end of life, and no matter who you are, no matter what you think, this is what. First, you're going to be angry. Second, you're going to wonder if you're going to hell. Third, you're going to wonder if you're going to heaven. And fourth, you're going to wonder if there's nothing after this. And this is where people, nobody cares what the weather is. They don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about the value of their life. But though we have created a medical paradigm that causes people to live a lot longer, quote-unquote, on this side than sometimes they should, because we're all afraid of death, because we've become so religized about it, people should not fear this. You come here leaving. And you come here for a certain amount of time because you chose to come, but also you were chosen to come. You were chosen to come because the divine architect believes there is no one better than you to be born at the moment that you're born for the work that you'll do to be the difference that divinity makes. The little acts of kindness, the kind of love and support, the friendly smile, the pat on the back that's going to be okay. And as my wife says, and... uh and Michael Beckwith says, who you should have on this show, Peter, is be uh, be of good cheer. I'm a kind of happy guy because two reasons. Number one, I know you don't die. And number two, I've never been to hell, and I've been over there three times. So I think they missed their chance at me. <laughs> so when you know that and you look at this, we all give away our power. 
because the person at the bedside is just as afraid of transition or death as the person in the bed. So we hope the preacher's coming or the minister's coming to give support. You know, we all want to be saved, all that kind of stuff. But none of that really fits into reality. It's a good story. It sounds really good. People want to know they have value. They want to know their life means something, and they want to celebrate it. And so what I talk about is things that happened in your life. You know, what happened? You know, what do you most remember? What was the best day you ever had? And one of my best things is, what is your favorite song and why? Because I can take a person from lying in that bed, and it was usually the first dance or the first kiss or, you know, what was happening when they fell in love or when they met their first date, you know, or when they're puppy. You know, it's amazing what people's favorite songs are. And when you look at that, you start to really realize that you can take a person from a bed and take a person from a bed in a lot of pain back to the happiest moment. People want to know that they will be remembered. They want to know that their life had value. So I always recommend to family members, talk about little things that you remember about them that is funny, things that they said, things that that happened that influenced them, like with your parents or like with your grandparents or with a friend. It may be something they don't remember, but it affected you. This is a celebration. No one ever dies, Peter. It will never happen. The 5% part of you that you release passes, thank God. But the spiritual part of you, the 94.6%, remains intact. And it stays there. And it is truly who you are. And if I can get people to stop for one moment and think that, we can change our whole health care paradigm. We can change what the fear of loss. Everybody's going to do, going to grieve. It's a part of the process. And a lot of times grief is about selfishness. Someone left you. I see it so often. I see people put their loved ones through some of the most horrendous stuff because they don't, it's not about whether it's better for them on the other side, which it most of the time is. It's that they don't want them to leave them. And I'm a big supporter of people coming to resolution. The hardest thing in America that we have is the system of closure. And I believe that this bleeds over into abuse, child abuse, and psychopaths, and a lot of the psychosis and a lot of the evil, quote-unquote, that goes on in the world is our lack of ability to have closure. And until that really happens, and until we change the culture and the process by which we look at this life, we will be trapped in this. And what can you trust in these days? Can you trust religions and institutions, governments you think your bank cares about you? What do you think? And when you lose the consciousness of who you are in your spiritual identity, not in your mental identity, and when you lose that part of you that is the most divine connection, then we subject ourselves to the crisis that we find ourselves in. One of the great things I listened in your introduction, this evolutionary consciousness that, that is happening, and we've been in it for the, probably the last 50 years, but it's in the last days of it. And, you know, the Maya say 2012 is the end of the cycle. 
And I argue that because I'm not really sure that that's exactly when the cycle ends because they have a 52-year cycle. I mean, they have 52-year period comes after that. I think it's 51.2 years. And what is happening is consciousness is changing. The universe is going through its 25,920-year cycle. So all things that we see that we've built hope in, our false belief in our in what's called a fiat or factual currency, in our governments, in our institutions, it's all failing. It's not because it's so bad. It's because it's never done in integrity. And those things will change and shift. We're looking at new cloud formations. Look at all the raining in Tennessee and, and in the south and Texas. And they're discovering neutrino buildup in clouds. It's never happened before. And these things are beginning to happen. Now we have to watch for solar flares, the the intensity of hurricanes, the intensity of tornadoes. These things are happening because the cosmic energy, based on where our solar system is, and moving what's called to the galactic center, and if you know what our galaxy, the Milky Way, looks like, our little solar system and our little 10 or 12 planets, probably 14 planets, is moving to the center of the galaxy, which if you know it's an oblong shape with an empty center. Well, we're rotating there, and it's called the procession of the equinox, where we go through each of the zodiac signs. And this has been going on since the beginning of time, and this happens every 25,920 years where we're there. And the Maya knew more about it than anybody. And here we are. Well, that's a great time to stop, Daniel, because we're coming to the end of our second segment. And you've taken us on a beautiful journey into the present moment. And we'll return after the break with Daniel Brinkley. This is your host, Peter Tung, for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, there's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt, if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> See? There you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness, which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to
to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit PeterTongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at PeterTongue.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I just want to remind our listeners of the free class that I will be hosting a week from today, May 26th, at 5.30 West Coast time for an hour and a half, and we're going to be talking about awakening to your true purpose. Please go to my website, peterton.com, and click on the events page, and there you can sign up for this free teleclass. And at the end of the last segment, Daniel, you were beginning to unravel uh, the information about this present time and the Maya calendar and what our future holds. So what, what is your advice? What do you say people need to be doing at this time of uh, incredible shift and change? Number one, realize that it's a cycle, that this is a part that happens and that they chose to be here because some of us have to step up to the plate and to hold the line. You make sure you get as much out of debt as you can you know, you, we have created a fractal fiat currency. And think about America. We gave away our industrial base so we could buy things cheaper on credit. Now, how crazy is that? And we have to realize that we have been lured into this insanity. The greatest thing about the visions, if anyone goes to Danion.com, D-A-N-N-I-O-N.com, and they read Saved by the Light at Peace in the Light and the newest one, The Secrets of the Light, which I talk about all this stuff, you realize this. The crisis that we are is allowing ourselves to delude ourselves to believing that wealth has to do with material. People are doing what they're supposed to do. This system will collapse because it's based on an illusion. And the new system will rise, a new one, an economic collapse right on the course of it. Why? We've been broke for for eight years, and we keep borrowing money just like the Greeks. They will never pay the money back. We could never pay back $12, $13 trillion, and we have $59 trillion in unsecured obligations. Think about what a trillion is. 
put it in real terms, a million seconds is 12 years. A trillion seconds is 30,000 years. Now, when you start thinking about that and realize that we owe $13 trillion right off the bat and $59 trillion, that system needs to collapse. That's what it needs to do. And the system of integrity should rise. And this is the natural cycle. Be smart, everybody. Find your spiritual identity. Get to know your neighbors. Get to where you care about no one is torturing or punishing you. We brought ourselves here. And the system collapses because it doesn't deserve a spiritual being's attention. The biggest crisis, the biggest crisis will not be over oil. It will be over water. And what we have to do is commit ourselves to paying attention to your water supply. Where does your water come from? You know, and how pure is that water? This begins to be the crisis. You can't live off of bottled water, everybody. We drank enough We drank enough bottled water in the United States last year to line the bottles around the earth, those little bottles we drank out of, 175 times. That's crazy. And what we have to look at is this. We have allowed a system to come that only keeps us in debt, and it's just... It's just zeros and ones anymore. It's not even paper. It's just zeros and ones. It's just computer-created, generated value. And this is where we have to get to know each other. We have to pay attention to each other. We have to be kind and courteous. I'm excited. I mean, and I'm a lot on the places where a lot of other people are, but I made plans for this 30 years ago, and I'm living in a... In an ideal where I keep storing, I make sure there's enough water in the house, and I make sure I have natural gas and propane, and I make sure that I can last a month or two on food, because these things are going to happen. But it's an exciting time to be innovative and creative, and it's time to rebuild our world. You're never, we're never going to go back. And for all of us who grew up, now I'm 60 years old. For all of us who grew up in America, it disappeared in 2008. The world we grew up in disappeared, but we're in a new world. And what has to happen is we look into our spiritual identity. We learn how to say our prayers in willful, conscious intent. I mean, I write about Peter, and I tried to take all that I've learned from being at the bedside because my one of my favorite quotes is to die and tell the truth. And when you learn to listen to a person in transition, you learn a lot about listening to politicians on television and ministers and preachers and priests. And you learn to hear in their voices. And I've been with ministers, priests, rabbis. I've seen all of these people face the end of life. They're angry. Am I going to hell? Am I going to heaven? And what if there's nothing? And the other day I did a show and the person says, you know, I don't believe that there's anything after this. It's just nothing and you just go back to nothing and there's nothing after that. And he was a little forceful and I started laughing. And he says, why are you laughing? 
I said, fool, are you in for a surprise? <laughs> you know, I can't wait for all those atheists. This is an exciting thought for me. Well, I don't believe any of that. Well, so what? A lot of people think the world's still flat, but I, but guess what? We have this rare opportunity to take part in the evolution of consciousness. People will be able in this next four years to see into other dimensions, to other realities. You know, quantum physics and quantum mechanics, think about the global network that is the computer system. And it has consciousness. It'll be like uh it'll be like Stanley Kubrick's when it was when he did two thousand and one the Space Odyssey. With all the blogging and with all of the uh viral stuff that's going on, even like this show, the whole world can hear this show. They can sit at their computer and they can hear this show. We do Kinetics magazine for spiritual sustainability, Kat and I. She does most of it. But we're in forty five countries. And it's amazing to me, Peter, that our second largest audience is China. And Interesting. We have probably 200,000 people who read the magazine every month, but the second largest audience is the Chinese. And for me, that's empowering. You know, spiritual sustainability, it's called kinetics. Anyone can go to Danyan and click on it. But I've seen this. We win, everybody. We can't just sit on our cans and hope for the best. You can only trust your own spiritual relationship with yourself. Who are you? My big push is this. There are four major things. Number one, everything's about love. Everything. How much love did you give and how much love did you receive? Number two, belief. What do you believe about your love? We have created this mindset based on being born in the original sin. And number two, uh, we got to be saved. That you're that you're a sinner, and until you do certain things, you're never going to be saved. Well, that works really well for people who've never been dead, but it doesn't work when you have. And what happens is. We lose a certain value of ourselves, and we give our love, and we never give it a value until someone gives it back. And the whole world goes crazy then. We put ourselves through abuse. We put ourselves through uh, persecution, robbery, desecration, because we think that we've deserved it, because we never placed a value on our love. And once you put a a value on your love, then you have choices. And being able to make the right choices based on that you believe your love is divine and that you're giving it out of the pureness of your heart, then the choices that you make is who gets it and who doesn't, as opposed to hope you're going to like me or I'm going to keep on to maybe you'll do right or maybe you'll appreciate me. All that's stupid. And then the right choices that you make. And then number four, how do you push this forward? Prayer. And why I use the term prayer, because it's so used, but I define prayer, like in in the book Secrets, willful, conscious, intent. Because when you use the definitions of those words, and I define it, and Catherine and I write about it, 
Then you use to see how prayer is empowerment, not about, Lord, just let me get through this, or Lord, please, if you get through this, I won't ever do it again. And, you know, everybody's trying to get away with something in prayer. And then they pray for other people. But most it's about trying to get away with something so you don't go to hell. Well, in the third near-death experience, Peter. Actually, Daniel, we're coming up to our last break here, so let's uh, continue with this after we've taken this break, so you can, uh, on our return, fill us in on your third near-death experience, which I'd love to hear about. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Danny and Brinkley. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. How do we walk our true spiritual path at a time when the Western world is fixated on material gain? More people are now recognizing the emptiness which comes with this limited approach to life. There is another way. Four years ago, Peter Tung left his position as a high school principal with 30 years experience in the education system and turned to his true calling of a metaphysical life. He now uses his experience and wisdom to provide solutions to personal and organizational challenges. Peter offers corporate workshops and seminars, public meditations, radio interviews, healing sessions, and community visits to bring awareness of the new paradigm, the awakening to conscious co-creation. Visit petertongue.com today to register for events and to purchase his transformative visualization meditation CDs. You can also download the meditation CDs as MP3s if you wish for listening on your computer or on the go. These are available now at petertongue.com. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. 
Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. And I have with me today, Danian Brinkley. And Danian, you were just about to start talking about your third near-death experience before the break. Just continue with that. Well, what happened, Peter? And I think this is important based on the whole show that we've done about finding your spiritual grounding and really taking the time to look at what you believe in faith and to really look at the near-death experience. You know, because how people relate it. In the third experience, when I was having brain surgery, I went into this blue-gray place. And in this blue-gray place, what I became aware of was the first two times I thought I was the only one there. I thought I was the only one there. But all of a sudden, I realized that there were dimensions and levels in this place. So I started to pay attention to it and look to see. Then the tunnel formed, and I went down the tunnel, and I began to have the panoramic life review again. But I knew everything about the panoramic life review. I'd already been through two. So my obsessive-compulsive personality type, even dead, I'm like that, I got fixated on the blue-gray place, and the next thing I know, I was back there. I got about halfway through the near-death, through the panoramic life review, and I was back. There is a place where we, by choice, not by condemnation, and I think the Catholics called it purgatory, and the the Hindus have a name for it, and the Buddhists have a name for it, and the uh, Tibetans have a name for it, but there is a place where if you haven't grounded yourself spiritually, not religiously, but spiritually, then you'll trap your own self. A lot of people don't want to go to the light. They don't really realize that they have passed from this world. They wander trapped. They're doing it to themselves, and in the course of doing it to themselves, they trap themselves. I spent two days in recovery, Peter. I spent 41 hours in recovery, and I think it was because I wasn't supposed to make it back. But number two, I realized that this world... With the way it's so unstable and the lies and deceptions of what we put our trust in creates a world where people trap themselves. You stay there only as long as it takes to come to realize it. But you continue the same patterns. Thieves are still thieves. People who have given up a lot of veterans. I saw a lot of veterans because once you've gone through the near-death experience or in combat or if you've been in a VA hospital you realize that you you couldn't trust it, and you've lost faith. And there were so many veterans trapped there is why I created a toilet brigade. Everybody, you have to stop and put your faith in you, and you put your faith in your spiritual self, the real true you that is care, caring and kind and loving. If God couldn't come today and God had sent you, in the life you will review, what difference did God make? And it's about truly being caring and truly being concerned and truly opening up your heart. Most people will never get trapped in this place, Peter. But I think it's part of the grand mission of me being here. And it's a part about changing your life today. Believe in the goodness of you. Trust in the kindness of the divine. And don't wait for something to save you or be afraid of living. People who are afraid of death are only afraid of living. And I will see there are so many people who are going to trap themselves because everything they put faith in has failed them. 
And, you know, this new health care plan, I'm not a big advocate or fan of it because I read into it because I've lived in health care now 35 years. I read into it what it really means. And we have to come and find this place. We have to take better care of ourselves. We can't depend on pills. People need to take care of themselves. They need to take care of this physical temple that they have, and they need to be kind and loving. And more importantly, I don't believe there's any such place as hell. I mean, I just think there's varying degrees of heaven. How in the world could you move outside of the universe to create a place that you can eternally be damned? Quantum physics says not only is that impossible, it makes it really unrealistic. I want people to trust in themselves and live this life to the fullest and put as much love and care and happiness. And I like for people to go to Danian.com, and I'd like for people to come live in my world. And, you know, a lot of it you may agree with and a lot of it that you don't, but at least it broadens your perspective. And I wrote... Brandon, I'm actually going to have to call, call you to a close. We've, we've come to the end of the show, and, and you've given us a wonderful, wonderful talk and, and lessons today in, in living our lives to the full. Danian, that's D-A-N-N-I-O-N.com, and I'm sure many people will come to your website. And I really, really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, and be blessed, and good luck, Peter. Thank you so much indeed, Danny. Wonderful. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, I really hope you've enjoyed today's show. Much of what we've talked about we will be covering in our free teleclass next Wednesday, May 26th, beginning at 6.30 West Coast time. Please go to petertongue.com to the events page and sign up for that opportunity. And also please sign up for my monthly newsletter at petertongue.com. Follow me on Twitter, join the Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation Facebook group, or join my mailing list for regular updates. I really hope you've enjoyed our show today with Daniel Brinkley, who is a very special man who tells it as it is and has a beautiful center for spiritual uh, healing. Uh, being developed. Next week, I have on the show Freddie Silver, who is an expert in crop circles, Gothic cathedrals, and standing stone circles, and how they are actually all interconnected, and again, how we need to make our connection to the realms beyond the physical to really live our fulfilling life. I hope you've really enjoyed the show, and I'm really grateful to all our listeners who are joining us on a regular basis each week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation, wishing you a wonderful week. found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tong for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.